This is You've Already Been Hacked, recorded on 24 July 2021. Welcome to episode 53 of You've Already Been Hacked, and just again, a small apology to my audience on the uh, forced week off. Uh, The Casa had no air conditioning, a bunch of fans, and a window air conditioning unit for all our cooling needs, which created a little bit of a tornado sound. Uh, So there was no recording environment for me to actually record the podcast last week, but we will get right back to it right now. Now, last weekend and through this week, Amnesty International uh, issued a new report, which in it they state they have uncovered widespread, persistent, and ongoing unlawful surveillance and human rights abuses perpetuated using NSO's group Pegasus software. The forensic methodology report also includes a forensics tool to detect the spyware's presence on mobile devices. And it looks like uh, sometime last weekend, news outlets were reporting that several authoritarian governments, including Mexico, Morocco, and the United Arab Emirates. Now, I want to be clear, that's not my term, authoritative. Uh, Authoritarian, that is uh, a quote from media. all use spyware developed by NSO's group to hack into the phones of thousands of their most vocal critics, including journalists, activists, politicians, and business executives. A reported uh, leaked list uh, that has been published by the Paris-based uh, journalism nonprofit Forbidden Stories contained 50,000 phone numbers of potential surveillance targets and shared with the reporting consortium, including the Washington Post and the, uh, the, the news outlet The Guardian, uh, this list. Researchers analyzed the phones of dozens of victims to confirm that they were targeted by the Pegasus spyware, which can access all the data on a person's phone. The report also confirmed new details of government customers themselves, which the NSO group closely guards. And according to what was uh, published by uh, the media outlets, uh, Hungary, a member of the EU, where privacy from surveillance is supposed to be a fundamental right for its 500 million residents, was named as an NSO customer. Now, I want to be clear. I don't know any of this for fact. This is just what's out in public reporting. I have no data to back up any of these claims, so it's something that um. I'm hoping that we can have multiple uh, separate verified activity that is published um, with data to back it. A lot of times with stories like this, what ends up happening is one outlet will report it and then another will regurgitate it and then the echo chamber starts. So um, I have no hard opinion on it, just reporting what's, what I'm seeing in, uh, in published media at this point. Researchers at Amnesty International, whose work was reviewed by the Citizen Lab at the University of Toronto, found that uh, the software from NSO can deliver Pegasus by sending a victim a link, very much like any other spyware attack we've seen, uh, and when uh, it's opened, infects the mobile device or uh, or silently and without any interaction at all through a zero-click exploit, which takes advantage of vulnerabilities in 
iPhone software. Citizen Labs researcher Bill Markazak said in a tweet that NSO's Zero Clicks worked on iOS 14, which uh, through last week was the most up-to-date version. So if you haven't done your updates, do your updates. Uh, to their credit, the researchers at Amnesty International published their work uh, and showed meticulous detail and technical notes on how uh, this particular piece of software was working. And they also provide a toolkit that they say may help others identify if their phones have been targeted by Pegasus. The toolkit's name is the Mobile Verification Toolkit, or MVT, and does work both on iPhones and Android devices, uh, but it does so just slightly differently. Now, for uh, those that are more novice users, the toolkit is not simple. It's not, a, it's not just a double click and hope. There is a little bit of command line that's involved. So if you are intent on using this to check your systems, I uh, highly suggest you, you definitely read up on the documentation first or uh, talk to one of your IT friends who may be more familiar with the command line that could assist you in this if this is something you are interested in delving into. Um, hopefully, since the toolkit is open sourced, someone will come up with a, a GUI for it that will make it easier for uh, the masses to, to use and not need a little bit of that uh, command line foo to, to get through using it and checking your phones. Anyone have any extra internet problems this past week? Well, if you did, Alchemy DNS was suffering from some issues. Uh, Alchemy is investigating an ongoing outage as of the 22nd, uh, infect, uh, infecting, affecting many major websites and online services, including Steam, the PlayStation Network, Newegg, Amazon Web Services, Amazon, Google, and Salesforce. So if you were having problems, Alchemy might have been the issue. Um, the issue specifically looks to be with Alchemy's Edge DNS service, which is its cloud-based uh, authoritative DNS solution designed to provide that 24-7 DNS availability and responsiveness. So maybe it's 99.99% uptime. Now, Alchemy has publicly stated that this was not due to a cyber attack. The cause behind this global outage was a software configuration update triggered a bug in their DNS system. So cyber attack or not, bug or not, the end result uh, to the end nodes or customers, users, uh, all of us, exactly the same outcome. Take that for what it is, and, and we'll just, like every other attack, have to just kind of accept it. And this isn't the first time this has happened. This happens more often than I think uh, any of us would like, even as... Uh, um, late as or early as you know what i mean last last month there was another worldwide outage thanks to a cdn server from fastly which impacted a long list of sites and online services including some of the media outlets that we use on this podcast to do our research maybe it was um fortuitous that uh, i had a, a week off The United States Transportation Security Administration, or TSA, released this past Tuesday a second directive requiring oil pipeline operators to implement specific measures to protect against ransomware and other threats to their businesses and operational technology networks. 
This new directive is linked to the growing concerns about the threat to U.S. critical infrastructure from cyber threat groups backed by the Chinese government. Just this week, uh, the White House and the Biden administration publicly accused China's Ministry of State Security of using criminal hackers to carry out cyber espionage campaigns and destructive attacks against U.S. commercial, government, and critical infrastructure targets. In a healthy dose of government coordination, on Tuesday when TSA was issuing this advisory, the U.S. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Agency issued an alert on Chinese spear phishing and cyber intrusion campaigns between 2011 and 2013 that targeted, you heard how old that was, right? I just want to pause for everybody. 2011 and 2013 that targeted 23 U.S. gas pipeline operators. 13 of those organizations were compromised, three had near misses, and eight of them experienced a, quote, unknown depth of intrusion, unquote. The alert provided technical details and indicators of compromise about the tactics, uh, techniques, and procedures, or TTPs, that the Chinese threat actors used in that campaign, and what type of measures to use to mitigate them. Although, uh, depending on what type of upgrades happen, what type of networks were attacked, et cetera, et cetera, all of that stuff may be OBE at this point. Someone who's used to um, having problems and getting hacked Saudi Aramco, the world's largest oil producer, confirmed this past Wednesday that some of its company files had been leaked via a contractor after a cyber extortionist claimed to have seized troves of data last month and demanded of them 50 million U.S. dollars in ransom from the company. Now, that number, still again, is what I believe is around what that new floor is for ransomware demands. Based on what we've seen, what was willing to be paid out uh, from uh, a ransomware event earlier this year, Uh, what the market will bear is what they say, right? Aramco said in a statement that it had recently become aware of the indirect release of a limited number of its documents and data, which was held by a third-party contractor. The statement uh, came after a hacker claimed on the dark web that they had stolen a terabyte of Aramco's data, according to a post from the 23rd of July, which was seen by the media. The hacker said it had obtained information on the location of oil refineries, as well as payroll files and confidential client and employee data. Another post from the uh, perpetrator offered to delete the data if Aramco paid up to $50 million in Monero cryptocurrency, and that's $50 million U.S., um, what's interesting about Monero is that it is particularly difficult for authorities to trace by the way it's designed and how it transits um, the internet. It, if I remember correctly, uh, and if I'm wrong, please comment back. Uh, I believe that Monero uses the Tor network to make all of its transaction data uh, and, and activity. So yes, that would be a little bit more complicated for anybody to track down. In that post that was for deleting for $50 million, it the perpetrator also put out that prospective buyers had a chance to purchase the data for a lot less, only 5 million U.S. 
And at the time of uh, recording, it's still unclear who is behind this incident. Uh, cybersecurity researchers noted that the attack did not appear to be part of a ransomware campaign. Um, and it looks like this may have been a legitimate insider threat type of activity where someone uh, just took the data out and gave it to someone that was willing to pay them something for it. Maybe. And another piece of critical infrastructure was disrupted this past week, although some would argue in a little bit less uh, severity, but still, uh, this just goes to show that our critical infrastructure across the board, big and small, is vulnerable. Northern Trades, a public company that operates railways in the north of England, was hit with a ransomware attack. The attack left its self-service ticketing booths out of service for customers last week. Northern Trains uh, referred all questions from the media to a company called Flowbird Transport, which provides the ticketing system that was disrupted. Uh, and Northern Trains told the media that, quote, it's their system that has been affected, unquote. So uh, a third party providing a major service to a critical infrastructure operator is the one that got hacked. Northern Trains partnered with uh, Flowbird in a 17 million pound and counting scheme to update its self-service ticketing facilities in 2016. Through that partnership, the pair reported installing 621 of Flowbird's machines at 420 stations as of this past May. The good news or silver lining in this particular uh, attack is that the self-service ticketing systems were the ones that were impacted. All those stations that had either had humans behind a ticketing counter or a ticket office, tickets could still be issued to customers. The problem there is longer lines, longer delay, and, you know, this pesky little uh, pandemic that we're still dealing with and being too close to each other. A law firm titled Campbell, Conroy, and O'Neill counseling dozens of Fortune 500 and Global 500 companies has disclosed a data breach following a February 2021 ransomware attack. Campbell's client list includes high-profile companies from various industry sectors, including automotive, aviation, energy, insurance, pharmaceutical, retail, hospitality, and transportation. Some current and past clients include Exxon, Apple, Mercedes-Benz, Boeing, Home Depot, British Airways, Dow Chemical, Universal Health Systems, Mary International, and uh, let's see, Johnson & Johnson, Time Warner, and Pfizer, just to name a few. And as we know, lawyers have no pertinent data on any of their clients, so there shouldn't be anything for any of these companies to worry about, right? Campbell issued a press release providing notice because the investigation determined that the information relating to affected individuals was accessed by the threat actors behind this particular ransomware attack. So they finally had to disclose something. Um, this is potentially a concern in U.S. Uh, law um, where they weren't going to disclose anything because there was no confirmation that anyone was impacted. Okay. Uh, while no clear evidence of the ransomware operators accessing specific information for each potentially impacted individual, Campbell did confirm that the affected devices contained various data types. 
And what were those data types? Well, certain individual names, dates of birth, driver's license numbers, state identification numbers, financial account information, social security numbers, passport numbers, payment information, medical information, health insurance information, biometric data, and some other online user credentials like usernames and passwords for their clients. Campbell, to their credit, is offering 24 months of free access to credit monitoring, fraud consultation, and identity theft restoration service to all the individuals whose social security numbers or equivalent information was exposed during the attack. It's just what they need, some more credit monitoring. And finally, the Moldovian Court of Accounts has suffered a cyber attack that wiped out its data, including its audits of public financial organizations and government agencies. According to the news agency Mold Press, reporting on behalf of the Court of Accounts, um, the quote from the Court of Accounts is, it is the first time when a Supreme Audit Institution faces such a situation. The destruction of, public pay, of the public page took place in context of important audits and with impact in the society at the stage of reporting and making public of the most significant audit missions planned in the institution's work, unquote. Uh, this attack has led the agency to shut down its website while the incident investigation uh, is taking place and in the hope that data can be restored. The agency states that they are investigating whether the attack was arbitrary, whether it was done for extortion, or to disrupt their work. So they're not even sure why they were attacked at this point. Although, maybe if they actually still had their records, they could look back at who they were looking at and looking into and see if anybody would have really been better off if it was all wiped clean. That's all for the news this week. I'm your professor of cyber risk. And we'll talk again soon. If you like this podcast, share it with your colleagues and friends. Your support is how we are able to continue to make this content. Thank you.